0: Hi, I'm Quentin D'Souza, and you're listening to Get Real Wealthy. Create wealth, freedom, and security through real estate investing. Make sure to check out getrealwealthy.com. I've been getting a lot of questions around commercial financing versus residential financing, and I wanted to highlight... Uh, Some of the differences, because it's really important to understand that there are big differences when it comes to residential financing versus commercial financing. So first of all, you, you want to get a big idea of the difference. Residential financing is usually one to four unit properties. Commercial financing is usually five or more properties. Also could be industrial properties, retail properties. That's usually storage units. Those are are usually commercial properties. So the financing process is different depending on uh, what type of financing you're doing. So for example, for apartment buildings, you may only get 75% loan to value. You may only get 70% loan to value if you're doing conventional financing that means that you have a higher down payment if you're using conventional financing on apartment buildings. If you're doing a single family home or a rental property it's very possible that you can have a higher amount that you that you're able to uh, or a lower amount that you can put down a higher loan to value. Okay so that is something that is quite different between commercial financing and residential financing. Now there is the opportunity with commercial financing to get a higher loan-to-value. That's if you use CMHC financing on commercial properties and you can go to 80%, 85% loan-to-value, even higher sometimes. You can go in commercial financing. When you're in conventional, you're, you're usually doing 25-year amortizations. But if you are in commercial financing with CMHC, you can do 30-year or 35-year, sometimes even 40-year amortizations. So that will really lower your monthly cost, okay? And if you are... In an apartment building with CMHC financing, again, you know, you could have a higher loan-to-value, 80%, 85% loan-to-value. So that's something to keep in mind when you're thinking about your your debt servicing and your loan-to-value when you're looking at apartment buildings. When you're looking at residential properties, typically it's based on your debt coverage ratio. Okay, and so that means how much your property can debt service. The income from the property needs to be at, let's say, at least a a 1.1 debt coverage ratio. And that's how those residential properties will, you know, you'll be able to get financed for it. So that means that sometimes if they are looking at your income and who you are, and they look at the property themselves, especially if you have more than one property, you may get a lower mortgage amount than what you thought. Now, it is possible with residential properties to still get 80% loan to value, even though you have a debt coverage ratio that's lower than one. It doesn't happen very often, and banks don't like to lend a lot of properties like that. Uh, Usually instead, they'll just give you a lower mortgage amount, but it is possible in the residential space. And the commercial space, usually if you're looking at a lender, if a conventional lender like like one of the big banks, they will probably end up giving you like a 1.1 or 1.2 debt debt coverage ratio. That means that the amount of income that you have versus the amount of debt that you, you have is about 10 or 20 percent more than what your expenses are and how they calculate expenses will be different depending on the institution but it gives you a good idea of, of what that looks like now if you are getting CMHC funding on a commercial property, this is an apartment building again, you know, you're going to end up with, usually if you're gonna to try to close on a CMHC mortgage, it's gonna take four or five months to get that. And that usually isn't conducive to closing on an apartment building. So usually you have to use some sort of bridge mortgage that gets you from the purchase to when CMHC financing is ready. So it can be um, a little bit of a challenge. Okay, let's keep going. When you're looking at commercial buildings, you're usually looking at cap rate. The cap rate is made up of interest rate, the location of the property, and the type of asset that it is, the quality of the asset. Those are the three main components of what a cap rate is. And so that can change. When you're looking at residential properties, it is usually based on what other properties have sold in the area. It's based on the comparative method. So if the property next door sold for 800000 it's most likely that your property is going to sell for 800000 It's not based on the net operating income of the property. Okay, so it can be very different. So financing is different because of that. When you're looking at the paperwork involved in commercial financing, it can be a ton of paperwork. Actually, I I prepare everything in digital format ahead of time every time I'm going through a financing process because I need everything ready to go. They ask for hundreds of documents. So it can be uh, very tedious and it's something that you really have to prepare for ahead of time. Now, residential financing, they do ask for a lot of documents depending on the the type and size of your portfolio, but I feel that it is a lot less than what you would get from a commercial financing package. Okay? Other things that are different about commercial versus residential financing. Commercial financing, there are broker fees. Usually if you're going through a broker, you're gonna pay them a fee and you're gonna pay them a fee whether they close on the property or, or not for you. And that can get kind of expensive. And broker fees can be like, it's not like, or $1,000, we're talking like tens of thousands of dollars sometimes depending on the size of the building that you're working on, okay? There can be some broker fees when you're dealing with mortgage brokers, but oftentimes if you're going to banks, you're not dealing with broker fees unless, sometimes there aren't broker fees uh, on residential properties because even though you're working with a mortgage broker because the bank is covering those fees, so it's something that you don't have to worry about. So you should always investigate that when you're talking to a mortgage professional around how they're getting paid, whether it's commercial or it's residential. When you're dealing with financing for uh, commercial property, often they're they're going to be asking for a phase one, a phase two, and hopefully you never get to a phase three. But uh, phase one is usually a historical understanding of the environmental contamination of a particular building. They are not gonna wanna give you financing or it's gonna be harder to do that. Sometimes you'd have to go if if you're worried about Having a dirty phase one, you might actually go to a credit union who may ask for more down payment and more fees that are associated with it, but they may not ask for a phase one as a component of their due diligence process. You know, there are different ways that, that you know, over time that, you know, you learn that that work and don't work. But if you're going to go to one of the uh, the main lenders, a big bank, or you're going to go through one of the bigger institutions that do financing across Canada for apartment buildings, you're probably going to need to have a phase one done. And if you have a dirty phase one, that means you have to do some sort of remediation, and that can cost tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And then once you get a phase two done and it comes back clean, then you're able to you know, get your financing in place. Lastly, you know, when you're dealing with a residential property, it's unlikely that you're ever going to have to do a phase one or a phase two. Uh, in a residential property, you maybe have a built like an inspection. In a commercial property or five or more unit property, you'll have a building condition report. A building condition report could cost you $3,500. An inspection co- could cost three dollars three to $500. So it's, it's, it's very uh, different. Appraisals, typically you're going to have to pay for an appraisal with an apartment building depending on the size of it and that appraisal can cost you $3,500. If you have an appraisal in residential properties it's usually paid for by the bank or broker sometimes you would pay but it would be in the order of three to five hundred dollars. And when you're dealing with um, commercial and residential you can take on a CMHC fee Uh, CMHC fees in commercial can really be uh, expensive but again it reduces your overall cost for your monthly cost on your mortgage so they do offset themselves so if you're if you're paying CMHC fees usually there's an application fee it can be like uh, I believe it's a hundred dollars per unit depending on the size of the building that you're applying for you're giving that ahead of time and if the CMHC doesn't approve your application you can get back like 50% of it so it can be quite expensive so you know there's there's some pros and cons to CMHC financing but uh, that's part of the process, and plus you have the additional costs that come with CMHC financing. When you're looking at residential properties, if you are doing a lower down payment because it's your first property, not necessarily an investment property, but it could be if you're living in one of the units and it's a multi-unit property, you would be able to get a lower down payment and you would be paying that insurance or CMHC fee in order to do that. Well, we covered a lot of information today regarding commercial financing and comparing that to residential financing. You saw some of the similarities and differences. Hopefully, I gave you some interesting insights. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, and give us a review. Share this with other people. And we'll see you on the next episode of Get Real Wealthy. Make sure to check out getrealwealthy.com. Until next time, I'm Quentin D'Souza. Get out there and take action. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for information purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to getrealwealthy.com.